We're on, we're on record. You just got back in time there, Tank. How are you, lads? You okay? Oh, good, mate. Good. Tank's just chucking his washing out of the way. <laughs> there's always you know seems to be a last-minute panic. There's usually Primark bags in that room and all sorts. Mate, this is like, do you know what? The, the, this room doesn't get used. This is why I forgot the computer was here. But they come in, right? That's our jack down. There's just loads of clothes there. He's been on the weekend. There's just like piles of clothes. And I'm sat there and I'm going, what the fuck's that? It's all his clothes. Does he, does he still bring his washing back, does he? Laminated pouches. Anyone's interested? <laughs> okay. okay. <laughs> it's usually your missus has been to Primark, mate, and there's about 20 bags behind you. Yeah, do you know what? She stepped up. She stepped up a level. She's gone to Ted Baker this week. Ooh, Ooh, go on, lads. I saw those tips must have come in. Yeah. Oh, no, 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 sorry. Ted Baker bags uh, protecting the Primark bags. <laughs> right, there you go. Okay, okay. <laughs> uh, lads, I'll be honest. I was not looking forward to doing a podcast. I'm sick of football. It's shit. I'm not enjoying it. Jimmy's got a big smile on his face. He's loving football. Uh, yeah, so you might... Like, we just get Liverpool over and done with in a minute because I'm sick of it. Football's meant to be fun. Arsenal did that on the weekend, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. Get it. Let's just get it out of the way. Uh, before we dive into Liverpool, the most random story, and we've got to be careful how we cover this, right? Because could end up getting in trouble. Something that I didn't expect to happen. It was a range of emotions. Was Casillas and Puyol announced that they had... Uh, well, <laughs> actually, do you know what I'll do? I'll tell it like it appeared in our WhatsApp group. It's like, oh, we are, lads. Casillas is gay, fair play to him. Okay, brilliant, great to see. Yeah. You know, uh, everyone was very, uh, you know, lots of congratulations. And then Tank must have gone on to Google Translate and translated Puyol's message underneath about it's time we tell our story. And I'll be honest, I was convinced there for a long time that them two had actually come out as a couple, but it turns out that it was just a, a, a big joke. And to be honest, it probably backfired on the two of them. Yeah, they look like knobs now, don't they? They look like a pair of knobs. What did you What did you make of that story? It was uh, an unexpected twist. I thought, do you know, I'm still convinced. I don't know whether this is just in my head. I'm do you think Casillas is gay? I, no. I oh, think there's a possibility he's being hacked and Puyol's like, yay, I can come out. And then he's gone, no, <laughs> <laughs> what's happened? Yeah, I think but... they've got together and like said it's a joke. I think actually Puyol, which listen, that's fine. You'd be what you want to be, I don't care. But I think yeah. he, I think he is actually gay. And he, he's been stitched up. <laughs> yeah, he's been yeah. stitched up. Well, did you, that, Jim, I'll be honest, you would be the hacker. You would be the mate that hacked them. Maybe I mean the old "oh I'm gay" is an old shout in it. Like it, that's 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 so 2010. But uh, yeah, I'm poking mean, people on Facebook next and everything. Yeah, like it's just <laughs> like there's us. Don't know. Every, everything's woke these days. So coming out and doing that, like it's. It, I mean, it doesn't mean anything if I do it to you, Jay, or whatever, because everyone will know. But when it's a global superstar. Yeah. It's a bit different, isn't it? And then um, yeah. uh, poor Puyol's. And then he's gone, I'm only joking, mate. And he's gone, oh, yeah, me too. Just oh, yeah, me too, pal, yeah. <laughs> Don't know what you're well, talking about. Same hacker, same hacker. It's funny you saying woke there, Jim. I had a guy, you know, I'm getting the, the cabin built out the back and the, yeah, the electrician yeah. came over before. And, you know, you just make small talk. I'm surprisingly, given my uh, field of work, I should be good at the small talk, but I avoid... <laughs> lifts for the very reason that I just end up coming out with stupid shit in lifts because I have to fill the silence. But this guy comes over before. Coming out in lifts? What's that? 
<laughs> you end up coming out in lifts. No, that was Puyol. That. That's where he sends his text. But this guy comes over to me before, uh, electrician fella, and he just randomly started going on a rant about um, PayPal and how it's a woke company and they're trying to take your money and all this. And this, this is a guy who I'm bringing in to do work. And I swear to God, for 15, 20 minutes, he genuinely started talking about transgender people. He started oh, talking about PayPal and I'd only just <laughs> met the fella. And I was thinking, Jesus, if Tank was here now, these two would have an absolute field day. <laughs> you know, mate, that's true about PayPal, look. I've been no, on no. They're taking, they can take two and a half thousand pounds out of your PayPal account if you if you type something what they don't agree with. Like, what's that all about? I wondered why you'd stop swearing on Twitter. Yeah. So basically, if, if, if I come out and say Jimmy's a bellend and PayPal don't like it, they can take two and a half grand from my PayPal accounts. And that's yes. an actual fact. Jimmy is a bellend. <laughs> <laughs> Tank only deals in facts, to be honest, lads. <laughs> oh, listen, hey, by the way, we haven't got onto it. Him getting, oh, we did. Can I him? No, go on. Him getting blocked. I forgot about that. You still got me blocked on Instagram, Tank. I've been messaging on Instagram. I'm still blocked, I think. Jimmy, I'll be brutally honest with you, mate. I I got my daughter to block you, and I don't know how to use Instagram, mate. So She's gone forever. That's it. That's it. it. Lost in the ether. Right, come on. Let's get into it then. Get Liverpool out the way. Uh, Big game yesterday. um, Arsenal versus Liverpool. Big game, I suppose, in in lots of ways. One, Liverpool needed to bounce back and and show a bit of metal, but ultimately Arsenal, who who are sitting you know, top of the tree. Well, we're second going into the game, but, you know, needed to bounce back after after City. Uh, City getting a win earlier of, of the weekend. It was a big statement for Arsenal. They were coming up against a, a proper team. You know, they've gone toe-to-toe with Manchester City, albeit they've been struggling this season, but Liverpool are still littered with a lot of quality players and can beat anyone on the day. Jim, what did you make of it? Because ultimately, whichever way you kind of slice this, it's an absolutely massive win for, for Arsenal and, and, the, and the direction that club are headed. Yeah, um, and I and I thought Arsenal were really good. Um, to be honest, with you, I was trying to sort the uh, the stream out in the out here in the shed, so um, I missed the first goal. Literally flicked it on after two minutes. It was one nil. I was like, "What the fuck?" It's and the same then, goal Liverpool have conceded all season. Yeah, they well, didn't, yeah. didn't miss much. No, and then um, and then for the next five to ten minutes, I thought they looked good, looked fast. They they've got a system that seems to be working for them. Um, they're you know they're they're playing to that system and, and getting the best out of all their players and I think Arteta's got to be praised for that you know from from bringing in Jesus what a signing that's been um, getting the best out of Martinelli uh, Saka looking looking very um, good on the right so yeah I thought I just thought I, you've always got to question Arsenal There's, there'll always be question marks over Arsenal until the last game of the season or you know do they have that. Um, you know, do they have the guts to take it all the way? But you know, from now, I thought that was a game that they could easily lose. So the fact that they've won and looked good in doing so, um, it was a big statement for me from from Arsenal. I so I have my own views, but I want to get Tank's version on it. I think, yeah. What what's your reaction to the game, Tank? First, first and foremost. First, I've to be honest with you, I thought it was a very good game. I thought it was a good game to watch. You know, it was end to end. Are Arsenal the real deal? Probably not. But that's a that's a Liverpool side, and I know that you had a little spat at me in the WhatsApp game. But this <laughs> chucked his dummy out. Did, did I? Can't even yeah, remember. Fuck's yeah. sake, Tank. We're not Barnsley. Is that what I said? Did I say Barnsley? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then when I said to, to be honest, mate, Barnsley had beat us. You, you'd blank me. <laughs> did I? Yeah. I think that this and 
I've been saying this for a, a, a while, it's particularly this season. This it's is all your fault with your fucking tweets being negative Honestly, about Liverpool. It's all your fault. I only see, I only tweet and say what I see, mate. This is a Liverpool side on a rapid decline, in my opinion. And I'm being brutally honest with you, I don't see a way out because the only difference for me between Liverpool and Arsenal yesterday was legs. We've got none. You go through that Liverpool side. For me, Diaz is not the, the trigger point for the press. He's not that type of player. I'm not saying he's lazy, but he's not that man, eh? the explosive press. Salah, just God knows what's happened to Salah. And then when you look at the midfield, you've got Henderson, who has been an absolute unbelievable football player for Liverpool. He's gone. His legs are gone. You can't, you can't hide that. Thiago is not about that. And when Fabinho come on, he looked like a fucking 70-year-old drunk man. He looks like he's just shot. So from, from when I'm looking at that front six there, I'm like, there's no the, the legs from Liverpool have gone. And the, I just think the way Klopp plays, the way he has Liverpool, and you know, by all accounts, they have the, and it's right, you train how you play. And I think for seven years, these players have been drummed into this and they can't do it. They can't do it. And for me, that is the biggest difference. Liverpool have got every bit as good as team as, as Arsenal, but we haven't no longer got the legs. And I've got stats here, but I'll go over them in no, a bit. Go on, when you go your... no, go on. For me, for me, and I've harped on about it, and I'll go on about it until they either sell the club or fuck off out or put their hands in the pocket. It's all about investment. In the past 10 years, Oh, here he goes. Here's the I've stats. Got, I've got He's him in front of you. Here he goes. In the past 10 years, Ars them. Arsenal have spent £435 million more than us. Man United have spent £900 million more than us. Man City have spent £662 million more than us. Newcastle have outspent us by £150 million. West Ham have outspent us by £150 million. Chelsea have outspent us by £300 million. So... You, you can't get it no matter what walk of life, what business you are involved, whether it be football or any, if you're at the top of your, if your business or whatever you do, you can't just get there and go, unbelievable, but at the top, job done, fucking brilliant. You can't do it. You have to invest and you have to invest heavily in, in particularly in football. And then you could go on the last, I mean, in the last five years, Arsenal alone have spent, I mean, they spent fucking 200 million this summer. On net spend this summer, which I find it difficult to believe. It's we've spent seven million. I, I thought it was the other way. I thought we're actually in profit for this summer. But you look at Spurs, you look at uh, West Ham, Newcastle, Chelsea, Arsenal, Man United, Man City over the last couple of seasons, they've spent fucking huge sums of money. We haven't. And that is the whole difference of We've been saying for years and years and years, Liverpool needs a midfield. Even when we were at the flying and winning everything and challenging for everything, Liverpool's midfield was always classed as workmanlike. They could do with some quality in that midfield. And that was when Henderson was 27, 28 at his peak. And yet, we're, here we are, with still the same place. I think when I look at it, and you, the most telling thing yesterday, and this is me probably still with my Liverpool glasses on because I'm, I'm feeling a bit sorry for myself today, right? But... Um, I'm looking at that game and it just seemed two two very different teams. So I actually thought Liverpool played well in the first half. I just I cannot I cannot believe 
that Liverpool have given away an early goal and conceded first again. I mean, that that to me is is telling. How can that repeatedly keep happening? It, I think it was Henderson and Thiago both vacated space in the first couple of minutes, and Arsenal could bait. They had twos and threes lining up on the on the right hand side. I just don't know why. You know as well as I do, Tang Jim. You know, you start a game, you've got you've gone away to Arsenal. Don't give the crowd something to cheer yeah. about. Keep it solid for 10 minutes. Feel your way thing. into the game. It's, it's the old shout, isn't it? It's the old shout to keep it tight for the first time. Yeah, see Especially what happens. Like every level goals and losing yeah. matches. Yeah, when don't, do not let the crowd get up. Liverpool done that. But then to be fair, to the credit, I actually thought Liverpool responded really well. I have to say, some yeah. positives. I'm gonna give Nunes some credit because I actually thought Absolutely. he was excellent. Absolutely. Yeah, I thought absolutely. he was excellent. But not just his runs, which I think he's getting a lot of credit about his runs. And it's clear to see his, his runs are quality. But his hold-up play, he was occupying Late. two, yeah. three lads. He was really good. Like, genuinely, as a number nine in that team yesterday, I don't, he scored a goal. I don't, you don't yeah. think you're going to ask much more of him. I think Diaz looked great. But other than that, I don't think there was much Liverpool can, can write home about. And the big telling thing for me, you come out in the second half there, the ch- every change made us worse. We looked... Like a team that is not, that is on a downward trajectory. Arsenal look like a team that are young, fresh, with a point to prove. I think I tweeted something yesterday. Diaz and uh, Nunes were the two standouts. They're two young players with a point to prove. Liverpool don't have any other players with a point to prove at the moment. Everybody else seems like, whether it's they're smelling themselves, whether they've been ran into the ground, but something fundamentally has changed within this Liverpool team where, A, they, I think it's only the Bournemouth game who are now above Liverpool, by the way, <laughs> the Bournemouth game, where Liverpool have had any type of control. If you look at the games Liverpool have won, it's been last-minute winners where we've been hanging on at the end of games. Liverpool have not controlled any of their games that they've played this season, bar, bar the Bournemouth one, unless I'm, I'm, I'm forgetting something. It just seems like they make hard work of everything. And that, whether whoever wants to go first here, Jim, you can, Tank, you can. I mean, what? As an outsider looking in, Jim, what is that? Like, how can you? How can the decline be so steep? I just don't get it. Or are we being over the top? I think. Uh, I think. It's, I don't want to say it's both, but it. it it's sort I'm of sick and not winning. It's doing my head. This year, <laughs> my my, you know, watching the game yesterday, I genuinely didn't know Salah was on the pitch. I thought he came on as a right. sub until the second half. I saw him on there, and I and I had to check the lineups on my phone because I thought, when did he come on? So, like, I just think, you know, Henderson, what I felt he was getting too involved with things because he's football, because he wasn't doing it football wise. He thought, I'll get involved here with Arsenal and put it about a bit, and then I might get some, might get some brownie points. But ultimately, it's, it's put him in the in the shit, hasn't it? Well, he's, he's gone and said something that he probably shouldn't have said, and we will find out what that is in, in due course. But I just think that, one, everyone's got better. And you've probably stayed the same. So where you were so far ahead of everyone, you've probably stayed the same now, maybe reduced a little due to lack of legs, lack of investment. And everyone else has started moving up there with um, changing styles, with investment into the playing squad. Um, and it, you'll always stagnate like that. You know, look at Potch when he was at Tottenham and he was flying and then he didn't buy anyone. Good example. Didn't buy anyone. And look where he ended up on the sack. So you know it's 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 it, you've got to invest in that squad and the owners have got to see that and look you've got probably got away with it for the last couple of years with having you know since you've brought in Klopp you know he's 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 obviously worked wonders he's worked miracles but miracles don't always last. Mm-hmm. 
I said on this bootcast about four weeks, five weeks ago, James. Bootcast on this bootcast. Change your name, bootcast. I said on this about five or six weeks ago, mate. I said, these owners are looking at Klopp and saying, this man's a genius, and they're asking him to do the job with his hands tied behind his back. And Jimmy's just at the whole the whole top and bottom of Liverpool's issue. It's lack of investment. There's nothing else what you can point the finger at. We've got one of the best managers, if not the best manager in world football. He's took us to the pinnacle of world football where we were at the top. And then we've gone, it's amazing what we've done. This is unbelievable. And what does my head in is when you were like, because you, you have, you have, I have chats with fans like you usually on social media and all that. And it drives me insane the way they're saying, but it's not our cycle yet. Our cycle's next season. It's too fucking late. We won't, we will not even finish in the top six at this rate. I genuinely believe that only that we beat Bournemouth 9 0, we would have a minus goal difference. Who'd ever have thought that about Liverpool like five years ago? It's a massive problem, the investment. Well, there's there's two things that you touched on there, Jim, and I want to get both your, your uh, thoughts on it. Look, it's a difficult one to comment because nobody knows what the hell was said. I have, you know, the, the Henderson thing you, you mentioned. For one, I have to say, look, it could be proved wrong. And if he has come out and said something racist, throw the book at him. You both know my views for obvious reasons around racism. I think we all shared similar views. But I don't think Jordan Henderson has said anything remotely no. racist. Let's no. let's be honest here. And it, 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 of all the players, if you're going to pick, he'd be last in the list that I would pick of saying anything of that nature. I think, been mis- do you know what I actually think? The issues that Partey was allegedly involved in, I reckon he's probably looking said something. My, Did you see my, Arteta's response today, where he come out and said, "I've seen it." That was my initial reaction. Was he said something along the lines of the allegations against Partey? Yeah, something like that. Because Arteta come out, and I was expecting a st- strong response. Like, let's be honest, if one of your players has been racially abused, the manager's going for it. He just is. Remember Gerard after yeah. uh, one of his players, and, and rightly so. It was brilliant. Whereas Arteta basically said sm- while smiling. What, what goes on the pitch stays on the pitch. And that says to me, Henderson's probably got him with a good one there. I don't want to talk about it. Let's just move on. Um, Tank, I suppose it's the way of the world, though, now that we live in, that social media have got Henderson hung, drunk, quartered, you know, all that, that good stuff. Judge, executioner, jury, yeah. all of it. You know, he's, yeah. he's, a, he's a... I'd be I'd be astounded, mate, if Henderson's done anything like that. But what I'm more interested in is what the fuck... Have I missed something? What's part of it? What's he being fucking well, accused no, of? we're not going... Yeah, we're not going... Yeah, anyway, we'll put it... On to the next Man United. Uh... Yeah, man. <laughs> no, come on. Uh, we, I haven't got we... my phone. Hey, there's a private chat there. Text me in that bottom there. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I don't yeah. know, but Henderson, for me, zero chance of coming out with that. No way. Yeah, no, I, I, it was a strange one, but hopefully that'll all, all get cleared up. And yeah, I suppose to finish, I mean, when you're looking at you're looking at that game, and we're going to come on to Manchester United in a minute. Does anyone understand the handball rule? Can I like no, genuinely? I don't want to be like I don't want to be that fan more. that's you know ultimately. Um, oh, Jimmy sending those WhatsApp messages while I'm trying to concentrate. Tank, look at your phone. Me, there. Before, don't comment. Charge. Oh, is it? It's okay, good. I'm going to get it. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I think, you know, I don't want to be that fan that I think ultimately Arsenal battered Liverpool in the second half. Liverpool were shite in the second half. I thought Liverpool were better team in the first half, but ultimately Arsenal deserved that win. So I don't want to sit here and be like, decisions went against us, blah, blah, blah. But let's be, let's call a spade a spade, lads. That handball decision has absolutely blown my mind. And then if you look at the Rashford one in the United game, 
I, I have no idea what handball is. I thought it was no. if your arm's in an unnatural position. Have I got that wrong? And stops and impedes the ball. Like I get it's close, but I thought that was the whole point of the rule change. That regardless of whether it's close or not, if your arm's in an unnatural position and it hits it, it's handball. Yeah. So even like when people have been sliding on the floor and the ball's hit, you, you can do nothing about it. If your arm's in an unnatural position, it's handball. It's I, a I, I can, it's a genuinely don't get it. I and this is <laughs> this is me that was delighted it wasn't given, but <laughs> I, I I don't get I don't get why it wasn't given. Let's. Um, but you know what we haven't spoken about as well. How the fuck is that a penalty? By the way, for them. Oh, the Tiago. I one. mean, listen. You can make anything look really bad in slow motion, but even in slow motion, he puts his foot down, and then he gets shot from someone in the crowd. I mean, that is a booking for diving, in my opinion. Listen, I, I get it when sometimes you just clip someone's foot and you take the feet from under them, but that is a little tickle on the calf and he's gone down like a shot. That is never a penalty. And that's got nothing to do with me supporting Liverpool. That's never a penalty in a million years, that. It's shocking. I don't know if you've seen the video. But, do you know what it was? I, I don't know if you've seen the video of Ian Wright saying exactly basically what Tank just said. He was like, I just can't understand how that is given as a penalty. And that's his team. Now, I just think yeah. if, if that is going to be a penalty, and again, Liverpool glasses off, if that is going to be a penalty and that's the bar now, all contact in the box is going to result in penalties. Yeah. And that then we're in very dangerous ground yeah. because ultimately all you need to feel is a touch, irrespective of what's happening in the play and you're rolling over. And the problem now with VAR, is it a clear and obvious error? Probably not because there has been contact. You know what I mean? It's just... It's very, very dodgy ground. But I have to say, Arsenal deserved the win. Uh, so it's it, it's not like the, you know, it wasn't an undeserved win. But yeah, it was, a, it was a strange one looking at those. So I want to come on to Man United because Cristiano Ronaldo, there was a stat, lads, and you've probably seen it doing the rounds, and it's absolutely blown my mind, right? Ronaldo stats, so 700 league goals. Haaland, the machine that he is, given his age, would need to score 40 goals a season until 2037 to equal Haaland's record. Now, for whatever we've said about Cristiano Ronaldo on this show, coming back to Manchester United and you know the, the impact that's had on the team, that blew my... I, yeah, I knew he'd scored a lot of goals, but I just... Yeah. Tank, I can't get my head around those numbers. No. Well, I, I, I was watching Graeme Sunis on their talk sport before when he seen that, and I think it was 43 goals in the next 16 seasons mm. he's got to score. Now, he's, no matter how good he is, he's not doing that. Yeah. <laughs> so that just tells you the stats we're in. I mean, it's absolutely mind-blowing. It's That surely will never be beaten. No matter how good Haaland is, he will not score 43 league goals or goals for the next 16 seasons. No chance. That's what I was going to say to you, Jim. Where, like, Do you think that... Do we... You know, everyone talks about Messi, Ronaldo, everyone's got their favourites, all that type of stuff. Do we underappreciate just how good Ronaldo and Messi have been? Because when I seen that number, you know, everyone's talking about Haaland and then it was put into context of the longevity, the quality, the numbers. That sure, apart from Pele and his blag counting of school goals <laughs> in the yard, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? That won't, that won't be beaten, surely. Yeah. And uh, we just talk around tank watching Graham Sunes on Talk Sport. You're watching the radio, mate. What, you got nothing better to do. No, I've told hey, you, you level you up, son. Come on, YouTube, YouTube. Level up, no, son. You're right. You're right. <laughs> and numbers are phenomenal. And you've got to understand Ronaldo's goal scoring when he was younger was awful. Like, if you look mm. at his stats up until he was like 22, 23, so that just tells you how much better he is. 
you know, and Haaland's goal scoring at the minute for his age is phenomenal as well. So for Haaland to be at that starting point, which is miles where Ronaldo was and still have that far to go, it's, it's, it's unbelievable. It just shows how much a machine he was. And then, you know, the, <laughs> if the only person I feel sorry for is Karim Benzema because he's just absolutely put Ronaldo on a plate and he's got no recognition whatsoever <laughs> until Ronaldo's left. And now he's seen as his absolute worldy player. But Benzema did 95% of Ronaldo's work when he was at Real Madrid. And, uh, and you know, Ronaldo's got them numbers, so. But we, Jamie, isn't Messi? Isn't Messi? I've seen someone right, say one club, is it one club goal. Uh, what is it? He's nine. He's nine goals behind seven hundred. I thought it was, and he's okay. in one hundred and twenty-three games less. Yeah. Well, if we're talking about, and I'm going to get you both your opinion now on who your actual goat is. But if we you put it in the WhatsApp group the other day, Tank, I'm delighted that you did. Oh. Everyone was impressed by Harlan's numbers, but it's worth remembering: Harlan, age twenty-two. Had 173 goals, but for me, the real goat, the you know, the real Ronaldo at 21 had 191 goals, a World Cup, and two times the best player in the world. Now, with that, if you had to pick, I'll come to you first, Tank. Who's your top three? If we're talking, you know, these Messi's, Ronaldo, whoever you want, who are your who are your top three? It's a, it's a tough one because the real Ronaldo for me is the greatest that I have ever seen. Some of the stuff he used to do. But it, it was who he was playing against back then as well. Mm. You know, he was playing in that Italian league where you and could basically volley players in the head if you want. And the pitches. Have you seen that pitch? Yeah. It's just pure sand and mud. Yeah. <laughs> and it, the stuff what he used to do and he could beat teams on his own and he was just an absolute freak of nature. But then you've got to go back to the East Tim. Messi and Ronaldo, and it's how long they've done it for. You know, I know he was in, he got his injuries, but for me, my top three, you'd have to have Messi as number one. You just have to because he could win trophies, games, everything on his own. He could take the ball off the goalkeeper, be 42 plays, put it in the net, or set you up, or whatever you want to do. So for me, he's the best. Then the real Ronaldo was second just because. He is the real Ronaldo, yeah, 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 and then Ronaldo is under them. What about you, Jim? CR7, number one, mate. What he's, really um, ahead yeah, of Messi, yeah, yeah, ahead yeah, of Messi, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're gonna he's have just, to give a good pitch, yeah, that's absolutely fine, mate. I think Messi is, um, he's very so if you could get one player for your team in their prime, in their prime. You're going Ronaldo over Messi, it depends what team I've got. Oh, oh, no, oh, no, 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 no. no, no, no. <laughs> But if I could get one player in the prime, yeah, it'd be Ronaldo. I think I think he um, he's more rounded, so he can score left foot, right foot heads. Oh, Jesus, you are you doing at... this just to be the Simon Cowell of the podcast? Here? Like, it's got to be. You're on the wind up. I can see in your eyes. No, it, mate. Genuinely, Chris he's gone all. He's gone all. He's gone for his He can head. He can shoot with his right and his left. Yeah. All right. Can okay. he take forty-two men on on his yes. own? He can't. Mm. So, he can't. so just then, to go back, Jim. You said Cristiano Ronaldo is more rounded than Lionel Messi. I think he Messi. can score Messi. more goals, more rounded goals than Messi. Yeah. More headers, more free, uh, more oh, right oh. foot, more left foot. <laughs> He's fucking <laughs> melted more, under the pressure. Yeah, is. No, that's no, going. No, no. He's done it in more leagues. He's done it in more leagues. So okay. you know, he's 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 gone and proved his worth at every league he's played. <laughs> You're in. struggling here, lad. No, no. Not, I'm not. 
He's not been sweat, surrounded. Sweat dripping on his microphone. <laughs> if Harlan goes and if Harlan stays at City now for 15 years and City still have this team, I wouldn't consider him anywhere near as good as any of the other. You know, I still wouldn't consider him as good as Alan Shearer, for instance, because Shearer was playing in a in an awful team and scoring 200 odd Premier League goals. So Messi's been surrounded by Xavi, Busquets, Iniesta, Thierry Henry. And Ronaldo's had Roy Keane. Now, don't get me wrong, Roy Keane's decent. Hang, hang on a minute. Ronaldo hasn't just had Roy Keane. He's had some of the best players in the world at Real Madrid. At Real Madrid. Hence, when his goal-scoring exploits match Messi's. And Messi had another five or ten seasons at Barcelona before Ronaldo even turned up at uh, in the Spanish league. So, you know, and he and Messi's come to into La, uh, League uh, and been found out. <laughs> He's you know, been he's found out. Found you out. Have you not seen him this season, lad? He's got two free kicks, lad. Oh, no. He's ripped the league up, mate. You're, you're struggling here, Jim. I'm yeah, not you're struggling. It's Ronaldo all day, mate. CR7, R9. Messi's third. Oh, Messi's third. Oh, third. oh, my God. Can't you disconnect him? Fucking hell, Jim. You're on the wind-up here. I just think he's... I just think he's... He's too one-footed for me. He's too one-footed. I can't handle it. Oh my god, my head on is to gone. his right. Why is the defender showing Messi on to his right? Because <laughs> <laughs> they're on the floor, they can't get up. <laughs> so, is that your Messi final on answer? His right, down the line, you sorted. Is that, your, is that your final answer, Jim? That's my final answer. CR7, all nine would be top if he had. If he, <laughs> did if you hear what he just said, Jamie? Jamie, you've overlooked that. Go on, what did he say at the end? Some of the greatest managers in the world ever <laughs> need to take his advice. Mate, all he's, all he's got Listen, to do is show Messi on his right, line. show him down the line. <laughs> That's all he's got to do. Why is no one doing it? Look at the Mike Bassett of football shouting here. Fucking show on to his right. Hit him early. Hit him early, lads. For the record, I'm actually agreeing with Tank on this one. I'm going Messi first, R9 second. I just think me and my son actually yesterday morning were watching videos of, of Ronaldo and he, he was so explosive. He had skill. He had power. Like, he, he just, every finish, he just smashed with unbelievable accuracy. And you think about it, he came back with dodgy knees and still delivered. Like, I just think if that player could have stayed fit, he's one of them. It's, it's a crime against football that he wasn't around for longer. So, yeah, I'm going Messi. I, I, I think the thing that's even bowled me over more with Messi, I know you were saying he struggled, Jim. I think he struggled when he first went over. I said, but now this season, it's like it's Messi, the creator. He's just, he's adapted his game. And don't get me wrong, it's not exactly a strong league. But you see the things that he's doing with the football, the link-up now that he's got with Mbappe and, and and Neymar. I think Neymar's game's gone to another level this season. I don't think it's any particular coincidence. I just think Messi was born to play football. And, and I think Pep, who knows a thing or two about the game, said it perfectly when he was talking about I said it last week, didn't I? Haaland needs his teammates to score goals. Messi doesn't need anyone. And I think that that, that tells its own story. Um, Jim, we're going to come on to your topic next because we always have a little chat about what topics we want to talk about. And uh, we've got some some friends that are that are Bournemouth um, Bournemouth fans. We spoke about Liverpool before beating that Bournemouth 9-0. And yeah. since that defeat, Liverpool now sit below Bournemouth in the table. Um, so tip of the hat to Gary O'Neill. What a bloody job he's done there since he's gone in. It's not even that though, mate. When when Bournemouth that uh, Scott Parker, the whole world was was up in arms. Everyone, we I'm sure we even said it like I can't believe the sacked after nine 0 defeat, which in you know in, probably in hindsight was still quite harsh. 
But we on this podcast said about Bournemouth, they will finish bottom of this league with the worst points tally in Premier League history. And all of us agreed. You said that. I, I, as I said, everyone agreed. And then... <laughs> so when he's wrong, it's all of our fault. Yeah, I was going to say... And then, then, he's like, I told you. I'll listen back and you'll all go, yeah, yeah, yeah you're right, Jim. Spot on, I agree. I definitely think that's what you said, Tank. And then, <laughs> and then, to be fair to them, mate, they've pulled it around and they're getting results, you know. Leicester at the weekend... Leicester should beat Bournemouth, no problem. I know Leicester in a rut, but they, they're coming from behind and winning games. They've got a steal about them now. And they're in the process of being bought as well, aren't they? They're, someone's buying them, going to make them a big stadium, going to chuck a load of money into them. You know, if they can keep that up, and if Gary O'Neill doesn't get the goal, uh, get the job, then okay, now someone needs shooting because he's done absolute wonders for when he's took over there. be hard not to give it to him at this stage, Tank, wouldn't it? Do you know what the thing about it as well is like actually no one's been linked with it now, have they at all? You know, you heard names like Sean Dice was linked and other names were thrown about. And to be fair to him, the job that he's done, it's like no one's been linked with it. So I hope he gets a, you know, I'll tell you what I would I wouldn't want to see happen though, Jimmy, is a new stadium being built there. No, I because no, I think I think that yeah. suits them. Yeah. You know, like the small compact stadium. Yeah, they're yeah. not they're not gonna get massive. I think they only get eleven thousand now, don't they? Eighteen, I think it is, if I'm is right. it? Hmm. But it's 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 like it's one of them places where you kind of like that little small compact suits them, you know. It's uh, to build yeah, a big stadium. The hole, I think there's holes in the corners, isn't there? So they'll fill in the holes uh, and then and then build up maybe. But, so but you look, say, it's, it's I was going to say, Tank. I I I um, I'm like you with new stadiums. I, I look at the Emirates; it looks amazing. But I always I love your kind of old school. Like you look at Everton, right? Perfect yeah. example, Everton. I think they suit Goodison Park. It's like a cauldron when that place is is rocking. But I have to completely and utterly discredit the point that I've just made here. And when I was back home uh, last weekend or the weekend before last, I had a look at Everton's new stadium. I tell you what, that's going to be... I mean, it stinks of shite around there. And I'm not just trying to be funny there. It literally just... smells of poop because it's by the yeah. docks. But look, that's about the only negative thing I can say about it. It looks unbelievable. So I think the, the key is trying to find the balance. And I think the team that have done that the best have probably been Spurs. They've built an unbelievable stadium that seems like it retains atmosphere. Like it's absolutely class. Yeah. Yeah, and it'd be good to see a club like Bournemouth Tank, getting getting that type of investments and get, getting a good go at it. Look, they're a good, they're a good club and they're... <laughs> If he's going to invest the money, you know, it, the, they remind me a bit like Norwich, where they're quite happy to spend a couple of seasons in the Premier League, drop down, get promoted, but always keep that TV money revenue coming in from the Premier League. But look, if he's going to come in, it's a, a lovely part of the world, isn't it? So, you know, it'd be nice to see them uh, get a, a, a. As I say, I wouldn't want a nice big new stadium if they just no, kept it as that. Because because I don't think if they'd, I don't even think they'd fill it with 30,000, Jimmy. If you've got friends no. down there, I don't know, but I, I don't think they'd fill it. I don't know. I'm thinking sort of twenty, twenty-five thousand. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. still a lot of revenue for Bournemouth, yeah. plus all the TV money, like um, a Brentford type thing. Yeah, yeah, like you know. And I hope they do well. To be fair, only on the uh, the only reason I'm saying that I've got no affiliation to Bournemouth or whatsoever. But I just You've felt got affiliations that... to every single club in the league <laughs> at this stage, Jim. Hey, someone, there's someone. <laughs> but uh, I just, I just felt that there was media outcry when Scott Parker got sacked and then you know everyone was saying how bad they were after that 9-0 and I, we, I watched them against City the week before and I get it, it's against City and Liverpool but they looked awful so fair play got Solanke back fit 
keep scoring goals and hopefully they'll be all right. Now, there's a couple of topics I want to finish on before we get Tank's predictions for Forest versus Villa later on tonight. Um, Lance, have you seen the Crystal Palace documentary? The I think it was called, what was it? Football Dreams. Is this the Academy one we were talking yeah. about? Were we no, talking no, about this? Yeah. Have, you not, have you seen it? I've not seen I've seen it advertised, but I will watch it. Yeah, you have to watch it, right? So I, I watched binge watched it with my son and, and actually my missus. Um my missus watched it with us. And it was basically following all these young lads right from under sevens, eights, right through to the sixteens, getting pro deals, you know, um, younger lads getting their two year contracts, their their contract extensions. And it blew my mind. And Tank, I wanted to get your steer on this because obviously you spent a lot of time around the academy systems. Jim, your son is now entering into academy systems and, and obviously been been around it as a player. The one thing that struck me in this documentary, and Tank, you have to watch it, is the parents. The parents of the kids. So they don't just tell the story of the kids that are playing, but also the backstories of the parents and basically how for a lot of these kids, maybe in built-up areas, you know, they're, they're struggling kind of uh, economically. You know, it's, it's a tough time for them. It's nearly a way out. These kids are seen as a way out. The pressure that's put on the kids' shoulders at a young age, then the parents are infighting and looking after their little Timmy or Tommy and trying to get him pushed to the front. And Tank, what's been your experience in and around the academy system? Because it's it was a real eye-opener for me for, A, just how much pressure is put on these young kids, but also just what a negative impact the parents can have on their own kids' development. Yeah, you, to be to be honest with you, you've got to as a coach, like I done the 16s of uh, Burnley, the 15s and 16s, and as a coach, you have to set your stall out very early. You know, if it's a new season, you set your stalls out with the parents. It's just like we used to have meetings and just say, there's no input from the sides. We coach your kids. Once you hand them kids over to us, they're with us until they hand to you back in the car. But Bailey were quite good with, like, you know, with the play liaison officers and all that. And they'd, like, explain and sit with the parents and have meetings with them and say, Look, you, this is how we expect you to behave with your child. So nearly you coaching can't. for the parents. Well, yeah, you can because, you know, and I've seen it done before where on the way home in cars, you know, the kids, I always used to say, these kids know when they've not played well in a game. It doesn't take the dad to be drumming into them part of the game where they were shite in the car on the way home because that's just like destroying the kid completely. But if it, I'll have to watch that. I'll tell you the quick points. Uh, and I was just watching our Jack... Um, is a quick point for you. These Burnley were playing against West Ham um, just before lockdown. It was fucking freezing, and we were playing at some university. I don't know why we were playing it, but we were. And West Ham were playing, and the West Ham had this big, tall centre forward, big, big black boy, fucking big, powerful kid, but a good player as well, by the way. And there was a obviously his dad stood there. I was with Sharon, and I was talking to one of the Burnley uh, like people who work at the club. And he was barking at his son. And anyway, there was a bit of a scuffle with two of the players, a Burnley player and another West Ham player. And his son just went over because he was a big strapping lad and he just gone bang, bang, get out of it. And then the Burnley lad, the centre-half, wrongly like pushed him. And he's just coming, he's just grabbed him and kind of like, this kid was a monster, by the way. And mm-hmm. he's kind of just gone like that. And wrongly, the referee sent him off because he had old and he just dismissed him. Mm-hmm. So as he walked off, I actually didn't see it, but I and my missus, my missus was nearly crying. The dad stood to the kid and was punching him, and he he 
he hit him with the most, I heard the crack, the most amazing crack I've ever heard in my life. And the kid oh was like, in, he just went whack. And the family works at Burnley was like, oh my God. And we we reported it and like to West Ham and he went, because we're getting the police involved. And you know, you know, West Ham dropped it. Dropped really? it. So the, the I won't I won't say a name because because she, I yeah, please think <laughs> I, I might be I might be I might be wrong. The 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 main the welfare officer of Bernie left over this. I might really? be wrong, but it, she left very soon after this. She was disgusted in West Ham because she got told off the record that they don't want to upset him in case they take the kid away yeah, because she's because she's that good. Really? So West Ham were quite happy for this kid to get completely and utterly abused, and his dad was a monster, by the way. Yeah, but he slapped him and like nearly. I mean, it knocked a normal man out and wet it. So you talk about like players and parents. Clubs are exactly the same. Clubs are exactly the same. So are you saying that clubs will turn a blind eye, not just in that instance, but generally to whether it's in bad behaviour, everything, everything yeah. as long as they can protect their investments? If clubs have got an absolute wrong of a player who causes major, major issues, but he's got a chance to be the next whoever that that club is, they will turn blind eyes. And I just think it, it's wrong. It, it's it's right throughout the game. Parents are shocking, but clubs do turn blind eyes like that. Jesus, that's a, that's an eye opener, Jim. I mean, have you experienced anything? I mean, albeit whether it's a, as a player, but uh, you know now as a as a dad and and Archie entering into yeah. the academy systems. What how have you found it? Because I think you butted heads with a few parents over the years, haven't you? I have, yeah, but like not not at the academy level, but you know, not from a not from a point of view. It was you know there was people moaning about Archie and. So I was like, like you, know, you, you don't need to say that. And then it was just... March, it was, they're, so they're moaning about someone so else. What, so, okay, I mean, it's got some context, but I'll tell you. So we we used to play um, two teams. So we had we had uh, eight aside. Well, it was five aside, um, but we had uh, one goalie and then, you know, uh, two teams of four out players. And they split it into two teams. So two, four lads would play together together and then four lads would play together afterwards, okay? So Archie and another player would play with two of the lesser ability players. Uh, and we're playing a team and Archie gets a ball and Archie's quick, he's, he's fast. So he gets the ball and he runs and, and he knocks it. Now, the other kid is up front, but Archie's got the ball and he's running. So he's kicked it and then... As he's running towards the ball, their parent is shouting, pass, pass, fine. I don't mind that, right? And then and then Archie's gone. As he's gone to get the ball again, one of their players come out and wiped Archie out, okay? Wiped him out completely. And the parent of the other player who was up front went, oh, for fuck's sake. And I went, what do you mean? Like, hang on a second. Um... So and then it kicked off over that and then and then after it was just what like, was their issue? So their issue. So there was they weren't. I think he, they wanted him to score. They they, they were very hard to pass. They wanted him to mm. pass. They wanted him to score. He would have passed it. He would have passed it because that's what he, he's like. But he got he got took out. He got yeah. fouled, so he couldn't mm. have passed it. Um, and then. And then it kicked off a little bit, and I was like, "Oh, whatever." And then the guy, and then it, it died down. The coach had a word with us, and, and then it died down. And then walking towards the car, 
the coach, uh, the, the guy was walking next to me. He was like quite close to me. So I think, oh, he's going to apologize here. And he leans in and goes, fucking, you talk to my wife like that. I'll knock you fucking out or something like that. I was like, Archie stood next to me. It's something like, mate, come on, like, just give it a rest. Like, so that, that, that was the context of that. I wasn't doing it just like, but you're right in like parents. And I, I must admit, I was pretty bad. I'm, and, and the issue that I've got, and that I, I don't know, other parents can't do that. I've never been able to um, separate my ability and other people's ability. So I think other people should be on the same level that I'm on. You used to I'm do that pretty saying, well with me. I'm not saying you're up there. I'm not saying I'm up there. What I'm saying is I, I expect people to be able to do things that I might be able to do. I'm expecting Archie to be able to do things that I can do. But I'm 36 years of age and he's nine. Yeah. So I've had to wind that in a bit. And that's that's my issue. That's But from another parent's point of view, I don't think they will have that sort of, because, you know, looking at the parents, they don't, not a lot of them will be, will be past footballers or played at a decent level. So the issue you've got with football is it's a working class game. So most kids are from a working class background and parents see once you enter that academy they see it as their way out and the kid's going to go and do this and they install all their um you know their hopes on that kid in getting into into professional football and it's not going to happen because you've got one percent unless you're outstanding and this is why i'm lucky in that i'm not no issues with arch playing in academy that's what he wants to do he's got no pressure but he'll always be instilled that he needs to do schoolwork. he needs to do you know he needs to be drilled in because the likelihood of him becoming professional i know is slim in, in, in minute one percent or 0.1 percent or whatever it is so you know that's the issue with kids football Thanks. Jimmy made a point there. You know, Jimmy's in a in a nice position that I suppose not everything is is resting on Archie's shoulders, for example. But in this documentary, you know, for, for some of these kids, they, they probably haven't got that luxury, and the parents haven't got that luxury, and therefore, as a consequence of that, so much falls on them kids' shoulders. And even if you're telling them that it is a one percent chance or even less, like Jimmy said that's still a chance to change their life. How do you think having the experience that you have within the academy system, how can clubs manage that? Because ultimately you're not going to give your kid the best chance if you don't put pressure, you know, if you're putting too much pressure on them, like you said there, and I, I'll hold my hands up. I've been guilty as, as, as anyone, you know, that car ride home sometimes, like my son will ask me, my son will ask me, and it's, it's misguided passion from me, I think is the way, I love him so much and I just want him to do well. It only ever comes from that. But then you forget that they're kids sometimes. And we we have this conversation in the car where he, he, he wants a, a mark out of 10 in the car after every game. He's like, what did I get today, Dad? And don't get me wrong, I'm not going to be giving him twos out of 10 and giving him bollockings or anything. But like, <laughs> do you know what I mean? You you not get, like, you're fucking shite. So. Shite, shite, two out of 10 and no dinner. Go to bed. You walk, you know, yeah, off. but you know, he, he, he wants that feedback. But I also know that during games, he'll look, look at me to see if, to get my approval. And I don't want that. And I want to cut the apron strings and I want him to do it for him and, and not worry about my reaction. So I feel bad for that already. 
any advice or learnings that you've had within the academy system, whether you've had it with Jack? I mean, did you suffer similar with Jack when he first started getting into the game, or are you just going to make me feel terrible now and say well, you were no, an amazing dad from the start? No, it's it's not. And the, the simple reason is it was my dad. My dad was like, I used to go come with my dad and be like, how, how do you think it's done? He was like, you know, you don't, son. My dad was just like, fucking, and I'm not just saying it because I had an uncle who. I think I've mentioned to you, my young, uh, I had a cousin who was uh, played centre-half at Everton. He was fucking unbelievable. There's, my family had quite me. Dave Rogers played a lot in Ireland. You probably know Jamie. Yeah. Um, he had a good career in Ireland. And, but my other cousin, Eddie Lane, was phenomenal centre-half at Everton. Like, everybody was after him. But his, his dad was always on him, like bad during games. And he actually walked off playing for Everton through his boots and said, I'll never play football again. And he never. Really? He never. And he, I think he was 15 or 16 at the time. My dad was the polar opposite. My dad would take me all around the, the country to play football and would just, he would never, I've never heard my dad say, well done, shit, good, bad, indifferent on, on the pitch when I was from a kid, uh, 10, 11 years of age, all the way up to a professional. He just kind of like, his motto was, no matter what I shout or say or don't shout, it's not going to make a difference on how you play or where you're going to go in the game. So there's no point in me giving you all of this spiel. Because one, he knows a bit about football, and he, but he's, he's, he likes watching it. And that's a, that's about it. And I think it kind of, I took that with Jack. I just used to tell Jack just to go out and just play football, just enjoy it. I'll help, try and help him and, you know, shout him in positions away, get back or cover here, come left or something like that. But when we're in the car, I'm just like, all right, mate, done well today. And then we just like have music on and stuff like that. So I think I was kind of fortunate to have that instilled from me dad. Hmm. So it, I've just kind of took that into Jack. And he's got enough pressure, but out time, the big headed or not, he's got enough pressure, you know, because the level I played at. So I, I don't see the need for me to pile any more on his shoulders. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, it's definitely something I think I'm I'm trying to work on. I think Jim, you're you're trying to work on it too. Mate, it's not... I've stopped it training now. I sit in the car because I know that he 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 constantly looks for me because of the feedback that I've been giving him. So I on Friday was the first time, and this is it. Came out okay. He's not been there long, and it was the first time I saw him genuinely having fun. And I thought, you know what? And then he had his match on Sunday. I just left him to it. And afterwards, we went to McDonald's and everything was sound like he didn't give him any grief, didn't say anything, said you did well, scored some good goals. We talked about his goals and that and that was it. We didn't talk. Or, the only thing I said to him was after the, you know, because they played a lot of games. So by the fifth game, you were still trying to do stuff you were doing in the first games, but your legs are a bit tired. That's probably when you need to just keep it a little bit more simple. And that's all I said to him, um, which is just sound advice, I think. Yeah, this is definitely something I want to revisit again because it's something I'm uh, passionate about. And I actually sent Tank. Did you get a chance to watch that game? If you didn't, get, uh, I sent you the link. Remember to yeah, I'll have to know. I have a watch. Sorry, but I will, the, I will watch it. You're a fountain of knowledge when it comes to kids' football. So uh, have a watch when you get a chance. Right, lads. We went over time. I got onto a topic that I wasn't planning to get on. Uh, but yeah, that's something that I definitely could talk about all night. There. Uh, before we finish, Tank. Predictions for Forest Villa tonight. 2 0 Forest. Um, Quite easy. Ooh. Feeling confident? <laughs> I think Villa the shit. <laughs> That's going to come back and bite you tomorrow you when I chop up. Uh, Listen, my predictions are quite good. I'd yeah, you're doing all right at the moment. 3, three 1 Arsenal. And to be honest with you, I thought Firmino's goal was offside, so it should have been 3 1. <laughs> <laughs> Jim, what about you? Everton prediction, come on. 
That? that was just a listen. That was unlucky. That coupon, no, Jimmy wanted. You got to take. I didn't see the other results. I didn't check. All actually. one. All one. All one. Apart from them, blue nose bastards. <laughs> I'm still not over that dog shit story last last week. That That's fucking true, baby that that. Yeah. Uh Jim Forest Villa prediction. Your mate Jesse to get on the score sheet. I can only see it. I can... Honestly, I can see it just being an awful game. Like <laughs> no one wanted to lose. It's just being awful. Like Forest letting Villa have it for forty-five minutes, and Villa letting Forest have it for forty-five minutes. But the both only... changing formation, seven-two-one, yeah. <laughs> eight, eight at the back. <laughs> but I, I can only see Villa. I can see like a draw or Villa winning. I can't see for. Oh. I don't know, mate. Honestly, it's too hard to call. It's going to even be an absolute thriller. It's going to be awful. It's going to... That's but it, Jim. You cover all bases like normal. Cover Miller. cover all bases. And then what yeah. he'll do is he'll chop it up and say, see, lads, I said, I got, yeah, I got it right. Yeah. 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 Got Miller, it right. I just said, <laughs> right, lads, uh, that's enough for today. Jim, you said you've got a, a, a lot of man jobs to do. Well, no, man jobs you've got training at half an hour. And listen, I got a text message off a mate yesterday who, uh, well, I say, he's he, one of Archie's, um, from one of Archie's old teams. And he just texted me yesterday going, oh, are you, are you, what are you doing tomorrow? Like, I was like, oh, he's just texting me to see if he's all right. I was like, oh, yeah, he's all right, mate. Yeah, I'm going to hear that. And he was like, oh, can you, can you pick up a dog cage in Hicks? And I bought a dog cage and bring it to me. I was like, what? fucking hell. All right, mate. Yeah, nice one. So I've got to go pick that up now. He said, yeah. It's literally like, I could walk there in a minute. It's not far. What a random reason for to get a text there. Was you thinking you had a, a, a your mate was being all sound? Yeah, that's <laughs> it. Like, but oh, you know, I thought he was going to say, "Oh, we'll miss Archie, and we'll have him round," or you know, something like that. I was like, "Oh, can you pick a dog cage?" For fuck's <laughs> so sake. I mean, yeah, I can. Like, so no problem. Right, we'll, we'll so. stop talking about dog cages because I need to get this wrapped up and done and edited and all that good stuff. So, uh, lads, enjoy the rest of your week. Great to catch up as always. Uh, everybody that's listening back home, uh, we actually love the feedback that comes in each week. We I actually got some great random feedback off my missus, uh, my, my missus brother, who was like his mates in work listen and watch the podcast on a weekly basis. He didn't tell no, me the I'm names, not. but yeah. So, uh, Columba is Noreen's brother's name. Uh, the lads that listen to it in his work, uh, hope you have a great week. Thanks for the support. If you haven't subscribed all that good stuff can you please subscribe on youtube subscribe on wherever you get your podcasts or just tell a mate send the link to a mate we're trying to grow the podcast the numbers are great get the retweets retweets going all that and uh, yeah as always send us your feedback on social media but most importantly make sure you have a fantastic week stick with us and we will be back with you again next week on the boot room podcast all the best Thank you.